Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Very good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you on wearecavan.com. On today's show, we're going to be looking back over a busy weekend for Cavan football as the under-20s were beaten by down in the Leo Murphy final, and the Cavan ladies exited the Ulster Senior Championship at the hands of reigning champions Donegal after extra time. A very, very entertaining and controversial game um, up in Killy Clogher in County Tyrone. To look over... Um, the action of the week. I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor with the Anglo Self. Before we get a comment from Paul, just want to bring your attention to the Patreon service, uh, where this week we have in-depth analysis ahead of Cavan v Donegal in the Ulster Senior Football Championship. Um, we have a Donegal-focused podcast where I caught up with Declan Bonner and Ryan McHugh. We also have the Cavan side of the story where we were speaking with Niall Murray, Kean Mackey and Mickey Graham and then we've a preview show coming up later in the week where it's myself Michael Hannon and Paul Fitzpatrick looking ahead to the big game so if you want to get onto that it's for five dollars a month and um, very very cheap considering the content you're going to be getting at the time of year you're going to be getting it as well so very very little money over on patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin so that's enough of the ads Paul um, yeah, well we'll try one more um, there's a fundraiser on Tomorrow night, which is Thursday night, for Club Breffney in Dublin, which is an up for the match. Um, That's right. You're not going to be at it because you've got your brother's wedding, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, but unfortunately, <laughs> they both had to fall on the same night. Exactly. But it's a great line-up there. Um, you've got the likes of Barry Cahill, Paul Galvin, Larry O'Reilly, Damien O'Reilly, Mickey Annan. Porrick O'Reilly. Porrick O'Reilly, Podge. Yeah. Um, Aidan Tierney from Tierney Talks is going to be there. And of course you're emceeing it. And I'm emceeing it. I'll tell you what. I was keeping that quiet, but it's it's uh, 20 quid in to Coppers and uh, you're guaranteed a couple of hours of crack and every penny that's raised goes to Club Breffney as well. So there's, there's, uh, your money's going to a good cause. Brilliant, brilliant idea by, by all involved. Um, I think Paul Gormley and, and Hugh um, Harrigan is, is, are the main organisers in it, are they? Very yeah, they're very much organised in it. It's sponsored probably. by Grant Thor- Thornton and... Uh, Neil Fair as well from Club Breffney Committee is involved in securing that sponsorship as well. So there's a there's a great hard working committee of Cavan uh, fellas in Dublin there. They're doing great work. Yeah, and she'll look Green McInerney as well deserves to mention that. Exactly. If if you're up around Dublin, what else would you want to do? Because like us, I'm sure you're buzzing about the Ulster final. Great opportunity to go and and hear what experts like the aforementioned list that Paul said there are are thinking of the game. But it'll be interesting to hear the outside viewpoint from. Well, I, I can't really call Barry Cahill outside. He's he's Cavan man, you know. But from Paul Galvin and and from Keith Barr, you know, to see what they think of Cavan and, and their progress so far. But, um, yeah, Thursday night in Copperface Jack should be brilliant entertainment. Um, we we'll start with the under twenties, Paul. Their their winning run or or undefeated run comes to an end, um, in the Leo Murphy to- uh, Cup. It was an interesting enough final. Um, in that 
you, you kind of looked at it the down when I come away from it. Down always looked like they were just gonna hold on, just do enough to hold time. Kevin never really looked like getting in a winning position. No, I, I agree with you there. The funny thing is, Darren were much superior, um, but yet I wouldn't be afraid of playing them again because I thought Calvin were poor on the day, very poor, in fact. Yeah. Um, and obviously J- James Smith wasn't playing, which robbed Calvin of a serious ball winner and an attack- attacking threat around the middle of the field. But Darren were, and it would have evened up the physical stakes as well. I don't know what you thought, Damien. I wasn't talking to you about it, but I thought Darren were physically. Uh, very powerful and seemed to, seemed to be ahead of Cavan in a lot of positions physically. Yeah. And I thought James Smith would have even that score a bit. Now, like, oh, we start with the positives. Paddy Lynch from Crushalaw thought he turned the, in one of the best performances I've seen from a Cavan underage player in a few years. The, the, the question mark that I had asked on the podcast about, you know, does he have the speed? There's there's absolutely no doubt about that now. I've I've seen it twice firsthand at, at, at under 20 county level. He has the speed. He's a big, big unit. He can score. He can carry the ball. He can take on a man. I, uh, he's the type of prospect that I think is not going to be long before we see him in a county senior jersey. Well, if he keeps playing like that um, and showing the leadership he showed there, like he, he looked a cut above under 20 and a cut above under 20 is senior. Yeah. Um, and that's that's where I'd, I have no doubt that, that let's say the under 20s got knocked out or something like that and Calvin seniors were on a run. He's the type of player that could be brought into the senior yeah. panel because I think he's he's ready to go there. He finished with five points from play and a free on top of that. You know, six six for his day, and 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 they brought him out around the, the midfield. Yeah, for a long he wasn't stars. playing inside. Yeah, he would like he was running the game and and Conor Deegan, the down manager, earmarked him or um, name checked him after and said he's an exceptional exceptionally good player. And Deegan actually had his homework done on Calvin. He knew about Ocean Pearson. He knew about James Smith. And, Mm. Um, he wasn't just bluffing. He was saying he, he thought he was absolutely exceptional. And he actually had a lot of good things to say about Calvin in general. He was saying how Darren needed to get up to Calvin's level at underage if they want to get up to Calvin's level at senior level, which is, I suppose, from a Calvin point of view, it's nice to hear that. Yeah. So we're doing something right. But th- there, were, there were several poor performances on the Calvin team too. Yeah. There was a lot of, I'd almost say nearly... Not up for it, you know. It kind of <laughs> like like we go back to on on the Patreon podcast. The the foundation of a performance comes from your energy and your work rate and your your attitude to go and get stuck into it. And I don't think Cavan had enough of that. I thought they were they were second best to a lot of battles, you know, mm. on the field. And and it it looked like they were expecting something. That it it looked like while Patrick Lynch was leading. He needed some more to step up and, and, and just follow him. And they weren't even following, never mind leading. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. There were, there were a lot of poor performances. I was disappointed with Philip Rogers because I think he's a class footballer. I thought he was, a, thought he was one of the three or four that I would have picked out of the minor team two years ago as a potential senior. And he still is, but... I just he had an off day. Had an off day. He, I seen him the previous week now and, and, and he did look good. Yeah. You know, so it's just... Like, and I suppose and I, and I should just pick him out like there's there was there's others I thought Patrick Mead at full back didn't have a great game either and I thought Ushin uh, Kieran at centre half didn't have a great game and that's where a lot of the problems seem to come from I think Ben Smith might have moved across to, to centre half at one point but the backs in general it was a calamity of errors at times mm. did 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 um, they'd have the ball in their hands 
the fist passes straight to a down man they'd work really hard and turn it over and they'd groans out of the crowd and they'd turn it over and it'd be a cheer and they'd turn it and kick it straight to a down man again yeah. you often see that in games where players start making errors and they get jittery and their decision making go- completely goes to hell and you'll see these just totally um, inexplicable mistakes where a fellow will pass the ball from me to you to, a, to an opponent I thought that happened a few times that can happen on the edge football I suppose can do it can do on a, on a positive note I thought Gary O'Rourke had a very good game he pulled off one of those kickouts that I think everybody loves to see where a wing back runs away from goal into space and uh, and, and, and he pinged it over the entire defence onto the on running towards the goal that they're attacking and uh, I thought it was a brilliant brilliant kick out but I thought overall he had a, a very good game in goals which was interesting because he was under pressure because Aaron Smith was excellent the week before yeah, it's know. great to have these good young goalkeepers coming up now and Kevin um, Gary, I rate Gary Rourke very highly I think he's an exceptionally good goalkeeper mm. um, and it looks some mould with his with his kickouts and the left peg and all that, but um, like he, he's probably unlucky not to be on the bench for Calvin seniors on Sunday because he was he probably had possibly was the number two at the start of the year, but he got injured at the wrong time and, and Liam Brady took his chance and now he's the number two and and Gary's with the under twenties. But it's great to have good young goalkeepers coming up there. Definitely, definitely, and um, it's it's amazing the way the goalkeeping has changed. You know, ever I know it's a cliche almost at this stage, but I suppose Luxton changed it and other counties are taking it on but you have a situation now where you've got really good athletes playing in goals like you know you, you don't you don't throw throw the slow lad into goals or anything like that anymore they're good athletes with great feet and and it's a, it's a much more important position than it ever was that's it that's it you know you used to just you could say to anybody years ago oh, look just stand and goes and kick it out it's up to them to do the rest now it's such a a, a a specific skill to be a goalkeeper compared to what it used to be you know you weren't expected to sh- to be a shot stopper either that was bonus and now you know you're expected to be a shot stopper when called upon you're expected that your reactions are, are, are cat like but that your decision making on the ball is as good as an outfield player your decision making from set pieces is better than outfield players because you're the one who's dictating all of those set pieces so yeah. it's it's something and 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 it is a point that I've I've been making. It needs individual attention. It doesn't. There's no point in having your goalkeeper all the time outside doing shooting drills. They, they've got to do game specific stuff a lot more in training, and that that takes goalkeeping coaching. If you take the likes of James Riley, who was one of the best goalkeepers in Cavan in the last twenty years, probably number one with the county for ten years, um, two two All Star nominations, mm. he won a couple of Railway Cups. He was a brilliant shot stopper, but he never would have carried the ball out past the 14 in his career because it wasn't done that time. No. And he definitely never took freeze and he probably never went short with a kicker either. <laughs> and like he, his kicker was, he used to drive oh. the ball down the middle and the longer the better, that was the way it was played that time. Mm. But what, yeah. what probably separated him at the time was he was an outstanding shot stopper yeah. and he was good under a high ball. He was very calm, but um, it's, just, it's just amazing the way the game has come on. It's, it's one of those innovations that, that it's very interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. But uh, back with the with the under twenties, it was John Brady, the Cavan manager, I spoke to after the game. Joined by Cavan under twenties manager John Brady after defeating the Leo Murphy Cup final. But overall, I suppose three games, four games, and and you probably got what you wanted out of it. Yeah, look, we had 
players throughout the year injured and stuff like that, so it was good to get a bit of game time into them as well. While it was a final as well, you know, we would have liked to we probably disappointed with ourselves in the first half. Do we let them seven points to one up, you know, before we really come back in it? I think that was the spell that killed us. But in the second half, the lads again showed massive fight. Like we went eight down straight after the start of the second half, and we brought back to four. And as I was saying there before, we had a free. We thought it was a free anyway, to maybe to go back to three points, and that would have been huge. We just didn't get the goal chances. Suppose didn't come for us today. So, but hopefully it will again. Yeah, look, looking at the last couple of games, Antrim got a good lead in the first half. The, the lads maybe have to get get those first ten minutes right going into the Monaghan game. Yeah, well, the Antrim game probably was a bit different than this because of the length of the journey the journey up. You know, lads are getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning to get their dietary requirements and everything right. So it's it puts a bit of extra pressure that a wee bit of a lie on this morning. But it uh, in comparison to the Antrim journey, you know, playing games at 1 o'clock on a, you know, on a Saturday and you have to travel to Derry and, and Antrim, then they're going to take their toll out of, out of the players, which leaves that we can't do much with them, you know, in the, in the few weeks after because of players coming back from injury, maybe and risking injury as well. So a lot of them players now are expected to go out and play with the clubs again tomorrow. So I don't know, there has to be something looked at somewhere along the line. Yeah, well, I suppose for them, recovery is key and, and maybe a bit of responsibility, but that's for for another day. Yeah. Looking at the positives, Patrick Lynch was, was excellent for you at full forward. Yeah, Patrick done well, done well. Run out around the middle of the field, gave us that little bit of extra out around there, kicked some wonderful points. Um, look, there was a lot of good performance, solid performances throughout the team. Just little fundamental errors were costing us for ball, maybe slipping out of the hand. The pitch was quite skiddy on the surface, but... When it kind of broke out of the downfellas hand, it seemed to go into another downfellas hand. So I suppose you make your own luck too. Yeah, looking ahead now to, to Monaghan, two weeks time, I think. So that's you know a classic. Two years ago in Kingspan Breffney in the first round, are we in for something similar? Well, sure. I don't know. I hope similar result. Anyway, I don't care if once we win the game. Um, look at Monaghan have done a lot of work too behind the scenes. They didn't really play their first team in in the league, so we. You know, we kind of know other players that's there to commit come into that Monaghan team. So they're playing away now. You know, since the break, they got to get league games played early, so they had a good chance to look at us. See, they were here videoing it today as well. So look, that's that's the way it goes. So looking at the, uh, the, the the injury list, I suppose a few boys were starting to see come back. Cormac Timoney making his return there today, as well as Young McCabe. Yeah, Cormac Timoney, um, Patrick Lynch, Ronan Patterson. Cormac O'Reilly, do you know, you could go through a list of seven or eight lads that haven't done much training probably in the last couple of months. So th- this competition has been great to, to get them lads in, give them game time. So hopefully in two weeks' time they'll be they'll hit the ground running. That's what we'll be hoping anyway. <laughs> I suppose people listening in there will, will be looking or saying, Jesus, you know, that's not a great on the 20 team or, or it doesn't sound like it by the boys. I, I think our... our our feeling on it is is more that we expect so much from these boys because there is so much talent that you know we're, we're disappointed that they didn't turn in the performance that their level of ability deserves at the weekend you know but the time to turn it around two weeks and take on Monaghan yeah absolutely yeah like they still had a good campaign there like the they were unbeaten in the first three games and I suppose the highlight was was the away win against Derry Loud were poor like they're probably expected to win that. Um, by all accounts didn't play brilliant against Antrim but show good good guts to come back 
I, I thought Keen Madden wasn't up to his usual level the last day. Like, and as any listener will know, that he's a player we hold in very yeah. high regard. I, I thought Cormac O'Reilly played well. Um, yeah. I thought his ball winning what gave the team a great outlet there at corner forward and he won he's, some frees. He's another Niall McDermott, isn't he? He, he, he great ball winner and wins frees. Yeah. Most foul player, definitely in the two games that I seen was the most foul player on the field. And he, he's a goal threat as well. Uh, well, you know him better than anyone. Yeah. Like, but uh, you know, I I noticed with him that he's a goal threat and he gets half a chance he'll, he'll go for it. Yeah. But I look at two weeks is two weeks is a long time in football. Like they can change things around. Monaghan are going to be strong, no doubt about it. Mm. They were strong at, at under seventeen level. Obviously, we've lost Ocean Pearson off that team. Um, but if James Smith's fit to come in there, like I think he'll he'll make a massive addition to the middle toward. Um, you know, I'd mm. say, I'd say I'd imagine it's fifty fifty, same as it was two years ago. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, interesting, John Brady noting that uh, Monaghan were there recording the game, which is a a, a, a strange one. I'm, I'm, and actually, it was funny. Weren't the only ones because Antrim were recording that game too. Because I told you, I've. And my friend is is a selector at Antrim, and I was talking to him before the game, and he was bringing the camcorder down as well, so, right? Because they're playing uh, down. Oh, down! Yeah, sorry, Sunday, yeah, this yeah, weekend. The undercard to the big one, so yeah. Um, and Antrim, are, Antrim kind of fancy that. That I think I wouldn't Antrim blame them. Quite confident. I wouldn't blame them. Antrim, Antrim looked. <laughs> sounds weird, but Cavan drew with Antrim, and yet I'd I'd say that Antrim probably just looked a better team than down. Haven't seen the two games, so it'll it'll be it'll just be interesting to see will uh, will they will they hold on to that sort of form or is there another level for down to go to? Um, maybe they were just doing enough to to get away, and they had some very good footballers. In fairness, but they had they're, they're probably one of the better down teams we've seen in the last few years. Like, but um, I believe James McCartan was over these at minor and had put in two years, and there was a lot of expectation. I remember building up. To them in the minor semi-final, talking with Sean Ward um, from down, and and the expectation was high with this group. But then when Cavan beat them, obviously it 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 dipped very quickly because they were out of the championship. Yeah, but that was a funny one. It didn't didn't Darren get two two goals? The first two scores were two goals or yeah. something. But Cavan were the better team, but just uh, it took them a wee while to get over that sort of uh, early deficit of two goals. But um, I remember that game well. Yeah, James Smith got a goal or two that the. That's right, Key and Madden got two fabulous scores after half time yeah. when Cavan were five down at half time, I think. Yeah. Four or five and, and, and it just catapulted Cavan's second half display, which was excellent. Um but it's it, it's one to watch. It's two weeks time uh well sorry, it's actually ten days time, isn't it? That they take on Monaghan and Kingspan uh, Breath. Well John Brady will have them will have them fired up for that one, like and like John's got an excellent record in first round championships yeah. matches. Like he seems to always be able to get them to the right pitch, so that's it. Fingers crossed that they're that they're pitch perfect again. The, the man at the other side of the of the line is the Banty. He'll have them pitch perfect in Monaghan too, and and he's been downplaying them. Uh, you heard John Brady mentioning there about the uh, them not Monaghan not playing their first team in the Leo Murphy at all. You know they they've been playing challenge matches aside, so it's um oh, it's something. That's so a we Banty move. I was talking to him there on Saturday and. He was picking my brains for information. I'd say the same with you. Well, remember, he, we, we we brought him into Clonus for the the Armagh first game. And as he was walking away, he was saying, oh, sure, look at Monaghan, are useless at on the 20s. We're useless. We've nothing to go with. <laughs> laughing to himself. And you know rightly what that ah, means. Yeah. He's he's lining up an ambush. Oh, big time. Uh, moving on. Brady's Arva Limited. 
Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. To the Cavan ladies who were in the um, TG Cahar Ulster semi-final against Donegal, they're three in a row chasing Donegal for Ulster titles. Um, it was up in Killy Clahar. I, I, I arrived up at the venue, Paul, and as soon as I got to the press box, I went, that's the place that Paul was talking about with the handball alleys in the sheds behind the training field. And looking at the entire facilities, geez, it's some club set up in Killy Clahar. Yeah, I was I was astonished. And they've an indoor handball alley as well. They have a four to twenty alley. Yeah, it was it was the outdoor. Are they one walls, or they've, are they? They've outdoor. Yes, they have. Yeah, it, it's a um, it's a horn wall slash handball wall. Jesus, it, uh, what it actually looks like is uh, like almost like a a helicopter shed or something like that, and then the front of it is open. Mm. There's um, a couple of those around her own now. Lock McCrory threw one up and a couple of clubs are copying them. It's, it is, it's like a massive... So basically it's like a huge big wall with, with a few one-wall courts marked on it. W- effectively with a roof over it. Yeah. It's like a galvanised roof over it. And you can play it all year round. Oh, it's, it's just class. And the back of it completely open out to, for you to... Even... Now, I think that they had kind of a... Like a, a three-foot high door or, or, or it could be a wooden structure of some sort so you could stand at the back and watch it but the length of this thing you could probably have 80 or 100 people lined mm. one abreast the whole way down and, and watch a few games of handball like it it's some setup. I was yeah, so impressed with it top class yeah it's top class what I wasn't impressed with was the referee Kieran uh, McKeever I know I have a name of giving out about referees but I genuinely genuinely believe I've seen the worst display by a referee I've ever seen my god it was that bad it, and I'm not saying he was biased I'm just saying he was terrible like really really poor so many incidents that you were saying you know one incident where he, he looked like he had awarded Cavan a penalty and then he goes running into the umpire and turned out that he gave a free out now I, I don't understand how the jump could go from being a penalty in which he was signalling to a, a free out on the other, you know, with, with, with a bit of consultation. It sounds like he wasn't confident in his own decision making and he had to go and ask someone else. Because when he did finally award Cavan a penalty for Ashley Shorten uh, running through and being taken down, he, he didn't signal the penalty, he blew the whistle, ran into the umpires and then made a decision, you know, which, and it was it was as clear as day. Now, there was, there was, Incidents on on the on the Donegal side, for example, the centre half back, I can't think of her name, um, got sin binned in extra time. Now, the Donegal management and line were going absolutely ballistic because he said it was for accumulation of fouls, so ticks carrying on, and they were saying ticks don't carry on at extra time, which I know is the rule in the men's game anyway. But yeah. she ended up in the sin bin as a result. Oh, now it geez. didn't make a difference to Donegal on it, but 
there was so many decisions across the game. He gave eight yellow cards, I think, across the game. So that's eight sin minutes. Eight sin minutes. I, I've never seen the like of it. And genuinely, there was only one of them that I thought was a was a sin bin, and that was Guthrie on on Ashton Shorten. The rest of them were just play, you know, open play and going for going for honest football. Like he gave Don English, Don English was in possession of the ball and uh, taking a bounce, and the only goal player came into whore with her with with her body, but Donna didn't know where she was in relation to her. So, but essentially, anyway, he said she charged into her. And gave oh Donna a, a, a yellow card for that, and it wasn't an accumulation of fouls with Donna because I, I think that was only her second foul in the game, so it couldn't have been. It was literally in possession of the ball, being sinbin for it. It was, it was a horrible display of a referee. But on the positives, it was a very good game of football, and Cavan, Cavan can come away from it knowing that they should have, in ordinary time, should have beaten. The the Rain and Ulster champions, you know, they were they were good enough. But the story of it probably is Jeremy McLaughlin, a phenomenal talent. Yeah, like I, I was I was looking and you did an interview with James Daly last week and you asked him about Jeremy McLaughlin and he was saying yeah she's brilliant, but he was saying Karen Gutchie and Kira Hegarty are harder harder to mark. Then I saw the match report and Jeremy McLaughlin scored fourteen points, eleven yeah. from play. That is some score, and even in extra time. And do you know what she she impressed me so much that. Uh, it brings me back to to a story in two thousand and six where uh, Mickey Graham was managing uh, Drummer Lee, and we were taking on Calvin Gales in Division One League, and it was on a Good Friday. Drummer Lee was absolutely packed to the rafters, but Shawnee Johnson was at the peak of his powers, absolutely class. But Mickey Graham put Shawnee Lee onto him. I said, go out and do a man marking job on him, stick tight as you can, don't give him any room at all, and Shawnee went out and done as good a job as you can do but I think Shawnee Johnson scored 11 points that day and after the game we were all kind of going you know Shawnee Lee you done brilliant and it was one of those Shawnee Lynch done the same she was she was as tight as you could possibly be but you know where McLaughlin was so cute was when Shawnee got real tight she went down she got a free Guthrie stuck it over. So then Shauna had to give her a wee bit of room. You give her a wee bit of room, she sticks it over the bar. You just, you couldn't play her. And especially with the way the referee was was kind of falling for the way she was playing, it left Shauna with very little she could do other than continue to try to stay a certain distance, close enough that you could block. But she could turn left, she could turn right. It didn't matter. It was very, very difficult for, for Shauna. But she'd done as good a job as you could possibly do in the circumstances that she was facing. Yeah. But, it, sounds, um, it, sounds, it sounds like an like a impossible task, that. But uh, fair play. But look, I, 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 I'm very impressed with, with Calvin ladies that they, that they pushed them so close, you know. But they're getting a bit like the men's team they're just they're knocking on the door now for a few years and the more than the men's team they needed a breakthrough uh, like getting to that Ulster final there would have been a huge thing for them yeah like they they have been to an Ulster final before um, beaten by who was it that day beaten by Monaghan was it was it, Mo- it was Monaghan is right yeah. um, a few years back but they they deserve they definitely deserve to make that breakthrough and I've no doubt that they actually will because they've they're such young talent as well, you know. They're they're going to make the breakthrough. They were very very close at the weekend. Uh, another referee incident was the 
at the end of ordinary time there was a free and I can't remember who was fouled but Ashley Maguire stepped up to take it there was a bit of kind of commotion between the foul and then the, the actual free being taken but in the commotion the spot was lost as to where the free was to be from and it ended up being and, and the Donegal journalist beside me agreed it ended up being probably five yards further out from where the free was taken now it may have got lost in the fact that some of the Cavan players tried to bring it forward and then it ended up coming forward or back. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was five yards, five metres further and Ashleen Maguire had to really stretch her boot to get the distance and it, it went just to the left-hand side of the goals and wide. But those little decisions, a good referee knows exactly where the spot is or he's helped by his good officials who none of them got it right, unfortunately, on, on that occasion and, and Maguire missed the free. But, that was how close it was. Had she scored that free, Cavan win the game and, and are going into just the final having beaten the two in a row. Hopefully they can take heart from it and, and just keep at it now for another, for another while and get a run the qualifiers. Exactly. In the qualifiers <coughs> they're going to face the losers of the Ulster final leader Armagh or Donegal and they're going to take on Cork is the other side in that the Cork game is away. Um, I think it's the last week or sorry, the 20-something of July. So... Um, a bit of, bit of time to go until that one. Um, again, star performer for Cavan at full forward, Ashlyn Shorten. I caught up with her after the game. Joined by Ashlyn Shorten here after defeat in the Ulster semi-final. Disappointing when coming so close not to finish out the job. Yeah, look, it's very disappointing now when the referee blew up the whistle, you know. It really hit hard, I think, in the coming to the end of... Uh, game time, uh, 10 minutes to go, we were five points up and, you know, we let it slip and it ended a draw. And going into that extra time, you know, it was probably going to be whose who's legs would keep going the longest. You know, girls were dropping with cramps, myself included. And little things, I suppose, helped them get over the line. But I think it was there for us to be one. And unfortunately, we just, we let it slip and look at it, it's a learning curve. And, you know, we were coming in as underdogs. I think everyone expected us to lose anyway. So, like, that's not a great way to be starting. But just to have the belief in ourselves and to be five points up, you know, it's definitely something we can look back on and just try to figure out, you know, where we went wrong and w why did we slip. There definitely appeared to be lots of belief at the start of the game yeah. and, and, and throughout ordinary time within the Cavan group, which was great. Yeah, exactly. Like at the end of the day, football, you know, it's a game. You just go out and you just have to be the best you can be. We played Donegal actually here in a challenge last year. And I remember coming onto the pitch and we're all like, oh, you know, Donegal is Donegal's a strong team. Sure, it's a challenge. It will do. And we um, it could have ended a draw. We lost by a point. So we knew coming in here, you know, I think the players ourselves, we all had the belief. We knew um, we knew we could beat them, you know, be better than your opponent. Uh, and it showed, you know, coming into the second half, we were strong, really dominated. But the last 10 minutes, you know, it really, it really slipped on us. The experience that Donegal forwards probably had just got them over the line. Maybe even the, the more mature legs have a little bit more running in them. Yeah. Yeah, like um, you know, I I know some of the Donegal girls, and I even know last year, their training was you know really really tough, and you know um, it was nearly like a county men set up. You know there was a lot going into it, and I suppose that carried on this year as well. So 
you know, their legs probably were stronger in the end and they could just keep going and keep the ball moving and attacked and defending numbers and it kind of it pressured us and made us kind of make silly mistakes that we probably wouldn't make on another day if we um, if we were a little bit fitter, I suppose. I suppose on a personal note, congratulations on, on oh. signing a contract in the AFL. You must be delighted. Yeah, um, you know, I'm extremely happy now. I kind of came home from Australia and I had a decision to make. I had a few clubs interested so uh, I kind of came home and I I wasn't happy or excited because I knew um, I was going to have to make a decision to let certain teams down and that was obviously a tough decision because it's something I'm not used to I was going out with the impression that I probably I'd be lucky to get one offer so um, that kind of that was kind of on my mind for the last week or so it took me I think six days to make up my mind and I only finalized it uh, last Sunday but now um, it was announced yesterday so it's it actually feels like it's happening now and I can freely talk about it so you know it's it's great and especially just being from Calvin you know um, Calvin's good in that way you know both the men and women uh, we get we nearly have more losses than wins so when something good happens to a player or anyone in Calvin you know the amount of support messages I received yesterday from people wishing me well like was overwhelming from people I wouldn't expect and it was just great to kind of see like the people of Calvin you know they were even saying you know everyone here will get behind you and really push you on so that was obviously a massive thing as well. Explain to me how it came about. So you, you've been over there twice, I know, yeah. um, and, and playing ball while you're there, obviously. Yeah, so I went over um, back in September with the cross coders and a team had kept in contact with me and then the cross coders. So I went back over again for four weeks. So I was in Darwin, Adelaide and Melbourne. We had two games in Melbourne. So that's kind of, we got to fly down and I was playing with a VFL team. So that's nearly like their league or their club. It's not professional, but when I was there like the setup is like for me it was overwhelming and it wasn't a professional setup so I was like I can't even imagine what the professional girls get um so yeah I went out for four weeks and I got to play two games with NT Thunder so that's Northern Territory Thunder so it was based in Darwin I got to train then down in Adelaide and then I got to play my last game in Melbourne so I actually was playing against Collingwood there and I um, ended up getting fourth best on the ground so like it's like fourth best player of the match from your team so I think that's kind of where Colin would see me and you know got in contact and just showed a great interest so um, I suppose I was lucky in that sense that I ended up playing well I was only trying to get used to the oval ball and it was my second game ever of the game so it was it was great yeah and has it been difficult coming back now adjusting to the round ball again? Oh, definitely. You know, I came back, I landed Tuesday and we had a challenge match Wednesday. And the simple thing of, you know, in AFL, they like to catch the ball away from the chest so you can get dispose of it uh, more quickly. Whereas in Gaelic, you know, you keep it into your chest, keep it safe. So little things like that. I wasn't getting clean catches. Um you can take obviously like 10 steps in AFL. So, you know, I have to remember, you know, don't overcarry. But, um, and obviously the tackling, you know, you can't wrap your arms around someone. But, uh, kind of the week I came home, I just was out myself kicking the round ball, just getting back to how you kick it because in AFL it's straight off the laces, whereas Gaelic, I like to kind of put a curl on my foot. So, um, I think I'm back okay now, but it still will take a little bit of time. And then I'll, once, uh, um, football finishes I'll be going back to the oval ball and concentrating on that and so basically with the with the ladies AFL over there you'll be over there for probably five to six months depending what what time of year does that start so I'll be going over um, end of October start of November so that'll be pre-season and then their competition starts I think 
the last weekend in January, so it's similar to our league. And it runs every weekend until um, the finals are generally the first week in April. Or um, There was four new teams introduced this year, so it will run that little bit longer. So it'll be kind of from November till end of March, April time, depending on how well you do. If you make the final, you know, it will continue on that little bit longer. But if you don't, um, I'll probably be coming home that little bit sooner just to get back into playing county football. So for six months of the year, you're going to be a professional athlete. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it's something I've always dreamed of, I suppose, growing up. You know, I'm big into sport and I never thought I'd get this opportunity. Like if someone had told me I'd be a professional athlete this time last year, I probably would have, you know, said they're lying or joking. Um, so I Still think it has to. It's still going to hit me hard, and um, that I'm going to be like, whoa! Once I get over there and see the whole setup, you know, I'm going to be training every day. I've all the facilities around me, um, everything I need in the club. If I ever needed doctors, physios, um, anything like that, you know, it definitely would be a massive shock. But I'm just very excited, kind of to get out there and just experience it. You know, especially being so young, um, it's it's a massive thing, and I can't wait to see where I go. It's no surprise you're into sport now yeah. with, with Jerry and Monica at home. Yeah. They must be really, really proud though. Yeah, you know, um, I was in contact with them every day and, you know, keeping them in, in touch with who was in contact and stuff with me. So dad was just saying, you know, just tell me your location. I'll start looking up the flights. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Melbourne now is is the set one. So he's already, you know, planning to come out for a week or two because um, he was out already playing with the Masters Aussie Rules. So he's been out in Australia and always wanted to go back. So I suppose it's a good excuse for him to get out. And he was asking, you know, if there's any team that needs a water a water buy or something, <laughs> let let him know. But uh, yeah, no, he'll definitely come out and mum probably too and probably the sisters for a little holiday. Um, yeah, and they'll be there to support me, which would be massive. Look at everyone in Cavan's super proud of you. Well done. And look at best of luck in the rest of the championship. Thank you very much. A very interesting week for, for Ashley and obviously she's disappointed as you heard there coming away but moving on to a more positive she signed as she said there for Collinwood in in um, in Melbourne as a as a professional athlete that's some going I, I, I was saying you'd be filled with pride when you hear stuff like that you know that, that somebody from Cavan another person from Cavan is going to make it as a professional athlete and, and she deserves it Oh, that's that's incredible! Like, congratulations to her first and foremost. Like, obviously, she's been an absolutely outstanding county player for the last few years, but that is some going to to make it out there with the with the the selection they would have out there, and they're probably they're probably choosing from different countries, even in Europe. Mm. You know, it's not just the Gaelic link. I'd imagine they're probably looking at soccer and basketball players and everything else at, the, at these AFL combines I think it, that's absolutely phenomenal she's, she's going to be a huge loss to Cavan ladies but you, could, you couldn't stand their way like to go out there and play professionally and enjoy the lifestyle in Australia absolutely brilliant yeah and, and, and the beautiful thing about the way the ladies league is going to be structured is that you know at worst she'll be home in April so and then it's free to play for the county and for club up until I think it's November oh, so right. it's, it's, it's essentially six months of the year that she's tied to Collinwood down there, um, six or maybe seven, and that's that's it. Then she can come back and, so and she's winter in Australia, exactly play, play sport and then come home. Get ah, the long evenings here with, with her own club as Absolutely well. Absolutely fantastic! It's ah, it, it, it's great news and it's very very well deserved because I know from uh, from talking to people close to her, she takes it so serious. She she works exceptionally hard. In fairness, as as all the Shortens do in in that house, they're all very dedicated to their football. But it's um, 
it, it, it's a, it's great when you see reward being given like that that she's getting the opportunity now to go out and and, and live the professional lifestyle and, and train like a professional athlete or train as a professional athlete so congratulations to Ashley and we'll, we'll have her on um, the podcast maybe later on in the year before she heads down under to, to get the tan up for the summer um, that brings us to the end of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast don't forget to head over to patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin if you want to subscribe to the diehard service which is full of content this week as we preview Calvin against Donegal in the Ulster Senior Championship final yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff and Larry has put it over the bar it was hard fast football after that you're in Calvin was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then the cave and it's over the lap and Kevin are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Kevin! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah!